It's News Talks ZB with Tim Bronx for Tim Beveridge here. Weekend Collective and Sundays from 4. This is when we do the Health Hub. If you want to listen back, by the way, to any of these hours, including the last hour, which was Politics Central, just go through iHeartRadio, search for the Weekend Collective, and you'll see plenty of episodes featuring our next guest, Claire Turnbull, from the Director of Mission Nutrition, the Healthy Food Guide nutritionist, and, and an inspiration to so many. How are you doing, Claire? Oh, oh that, wow! That does not sound good. No, no. not not based on anything you've seen, no, Claire. But nice little digitized sound effect there. Well, let's see if we can hear from Claire again. Hello, Claire. Okay. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, we did actually in the promo. Uh, I'm not sure if Claire can hear us. Maybe I'll um, maybe I'll turn off my. Yeah, we're we're going to sort out these oh, technical issues, but um, I, I, I next time we'll have to do it next time. But we did. Um, Tease the idea that we're going to have a granola challenge and uh, a blind taste test. So ah, next right. time we we'll get next time we get clear in the studio. Yeah. Uh, my proposal is that we we just do a taste test on granola because I reckon mine is hard to beat, and so um, yeah. But we're yeah, not going to do it this time because, frankly, I, I forgot. Yes, and exactly. I forgot to mention it to Pet Claire, so she couldn't even forget. Okay, so I mean, this is a little bit in-house, but it does tickle my funny bone, which is that we recorded something saying that there would be a granola taste challenge. Bevo yeah. was going to make his granola, Claire Turnbull was going to make hers, yeah. and then you'd put it to me, I'd put it on the blindfold, and I have to guess whose granola yeah, was Without whose. knowing who'd done the toast. Yeah. All the, and, uh, and we've got look, this top nutritionist, and we've got Bevo. It was like an election promise. It was never a promise. It was meant to be kept. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so then we recorded this little, you know, yeah. ad. Coming that... up on the weekend collective. <laughs> and then you forgot. Anyway, but it, look, it sounded great. And I think that's it the does. most important I had thing. some actually. I've just made a new batch of granola. And it is, I don't really want to know the nutritional value of it because it's so tasty. Mm. Uh, it's got macadamia nuts, almonds. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's at, what is it? Maple syrup, honey, coconut oil. I would. It's it's it's. Um, I would stunning. say that uh, you've got a very good shot at making an outstanding granola because I have had your uh, food. I've had your mm. croissant, and uh, they were really really good. By the way, Claire Turnbull is with us now. How are you doing, Claire? I'm good. Can you hear me? That's my main we thing. Can. Did, you missed the <laughs> bit. I meant to. I'm, I, I jokingly, you might have missed the bit about the promo we issued during the week where I said we might have a granola taste test challenge, me versus you. Uh, but Ooh. I forgot to mention it to you. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I forgot myself. So we'll save it till next time. Do you do you do a yeah. killer, do you do a killer granola? And if you, if I'm not I'm not going to lie. I do. You know me, and um, oh, I like lie. the little competitions. I like the I like the little competitions you and I have with food. So um, I think we should have a granola off. Yeah, I'm all up for that. Okay, let's do it. And because what we so, can do is next time you come on the show, we'll just use that same trailer we recorded uh, last week. <laughs> Yeah, but you'd bring it in, we, and yours will be toasted, I'm guessing, like mine is, and then we'll just uh, yeah. we'll get to our producer to give. I don't even think you need to have it with milk if it's a good granola. You can just have a take, no, have a mouthful, and we'll get and we'll get yeah, Tim yeah, to, yeah. to pick which his uh, which is, is the best. So a challenge made and accepted then. Yes, definitely. I'm there. I'm all there. <laughs> Woohoo! Good stuff. Okay, well, well, let's talk about a couple of things that we want to do today, and we'll get to caffeine and the pros and cons of it. Um, but let's have a chat about calories and counting calories and actually talking about some lower-calorie foods that are awesome. You know, not, not that you have to convince yourself that they're, they're fun to eat, but lower-calorie yeah. <laughs> foods that are going to fill you up, that you're going to look forward to eating. So what are some of those? 
Um, so um, popcorn is probably one of the um, things, and I'm talking popcorn that you have not, um, that's not the caramel type. It's just the, the stuff that you've popped in the pan. Um, that is much lower in calories than a lot of people realize, and it's a really good snack, and it's very cheap. Um, so that would be a definite one. And um, it's fun to make. So- it, let it be said, it is fun to make popcorn, particularly if you can have it with the, the see-through lid um, yes. and, you, and you see it actually happen. It's like, this is this is science. You wouldn't read about this it. This is science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing is... Um, well, there's a huge variety in yogurts these days, but some of the some of the yogurts, like the uh, the plainer versions, can be a very good low calorie snack if anyone's counting calories. Not that I would recommend that, but um, that with some um, fruit is uh, would be a low calorie option. Are you calorie counters? Tell me you're not. Actually, please. actually, you know what? Well, I think we've stumbled across the real conversation uh, because um, you know some of these apps, they all like the My Fitness Pal, where you can put in what you're eating. That's all based on counting calories or so i think this is the first hot take we're getting for the day that you're saying that don't count your calories it's a waste of time are you oh it's like it's like living back in the 80s i mean honestly (laughs) what like truly like one of the things to be really mindful is that we know a calorie isn't necessarily a calorie so um which kind of sounds silly but it's just that the it's a very simplistic way to look at food and it also doesn't necessarily mean that if you are meeting your calorie requirements by any means that you are nourishing your body. So no registered dietitian or nutritionist that I know these days, and I'm, I say registered because these are people that have probably got three or four years of full-time study under their belt, would recommend calorie counting. Um, that is a very yeah, simplistic way. Okay, okay well, we can do talk back on that, 0800 80 10 80, because I do know <laughs> that the most successful weight loss in my life uh, was when I was counting every single calorie. Um, and but, but did it last? Did it n- last? No, it didn't. I, I had a I had a good year. Uh, well, I had I had seven months of losing a kilo a month, which for me was rapid. I know other people can lose like a kilo every couple of days, but I've yeah. never been able to. So I had I had seven months of a kilo a month. So so dropped seven kilos and and was in the best shape I'd been in since I'd been in high school. Um, mm. But I couldn't sustain it because I I just got tired of it. But um, it it was effective at the time. Okay, let's explain this because, for example, a small ish container of peanuts can mm. have an alarming number of calories. Uh, you know, you yeah. get those little tins at, at the dairy. Um, there, yeah. there could be a thousand calories in that. So, isn't that relevant info? Well, it is, but it's just, that's just looking at, um, at your health and well-being from a numbers game. And really, you know, if you compare that, you know, nourishment-wise to some super processed, hideous, low fat, low carb, highly processed bar that's got all sorts of rubbish in it, mm. you know, really it's not better for you, but the other one is, you know, lower in calories. So I think that when we, when we, when I'm, you know, certainly myself and most registered health professionals in this space, when we're working with people, we're really considering the whole health of a human being um, mm. when we're looking at their nutrition and calories is one thing to consider. It is a tool to use as part of a bigger structure but you will get people that are meeting their calorie requirements or below their calorie requirements starve themselves they still don't lose weight because their hormones are out of whack Mm. their sleep isn't good so the notion that you just eat less calories to lose weight is 
it doesn't work for so, everybody, um, nor does it mean that you're going to be healthy. So does that mean that I can relax about my, my penchant that I have for half an avocado on some of the sourdough I'm making? And I sort of think, I'm going to have it again today. And then I go, hang on, that's half an, half an avocado yesterday. I wonder what the calories of that are. But then I think, hang on, but avocados are a good oil and they're a good, they're a good fruit to eat. Uh, yeah. So I should stick with it. And then I yeah, think, so, so, then I second guess myself again and go, oh, hang on. <laughs> But it's fat. It's high calories. But it's good for me. Yeah. But it's fat. But it's I high... know. No, I know. It's a and and cycle. this is a this is a challenge because it is all about context. So people always ask me, literally every day on my social media, you know. And someone asked me today, how many crackers and avocado should I have? It's like, well, it depends what else you're eating in the entire of your day. So the relevance of that is only relevant in context to your to your the bigger picture, right? So a, a half an avocado, 200 calories, which is the same as two slices of bread, um, oh, or okay. like good. or eight, eight eight corn thins, right? Like so, if you're looking at those corn crackers. So it's good, but it would just, you know, have a quarter of an avocado and a thin slice of bread. It, so really the whole thing is, you know, what are, what are most people's goals? And the main thing is if everyone was eating five to six large handfuls of vegetables that they needed a day, um, every single day, two servings of fruit as a starting point, then there'd be a lot less room in people's lives for all the, to worry about calories, to be honest. That's okay. the place to I, start. As, mm. as most people know, I'm a huge watermelon fan. And oh, I know. Well, I think we've got to get you off I'll it. I'll be all. So, so I, I can easily no, have a watermelon. Off. I can have me off it. I, I've put you off it. Yeah. It's Why? Just, Look, you don't like it because I like it. It's just always there all the time, and I'm like, oh, God, I've had enough even looking at it. So I'm wanting to eat it. So you've cured me of my. I mean, what is it? It's water standing up, isn't it? Watermelon. But it's, it's delicious with sugar. It's 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 just the greatest thing in the world. It'd be my final meal if I was on death row. Just <laughs> just give me watermelon and also maybe some Thai chicken cashew nuts and and just a lot of chippies. But um, but on okay. watermelon, so not just watermelon. But but it would the foundation of the meal would be watermelon. <laughs> but um, when it comes to watermelon, is anything to be concerned about? The, and, I mean, and not just watermelon. Maybe give us some other fruits where people may have heard oh, stories of of too much natural sugar. Yeah. So the, here's the thing: when when sugar is combined with the fiber that you find in natural fruit, in fruit as a whole, I not juice, it's not a problem. But still, the recommendation for most people, and that would be people that aren't like super super active and athletes and all the rest of it, is around two servings two handfuls of fruit per day because beyond that there are other nutrients that you need from other foods so it's not food is not good or bad fruit is not good or bad chocolate is not good or bad it's just that to get the nourishment that you need in a day there's only a a maximum amount that you need of certain foods and more of other foods that you need so people definitely overeat fruit Um, but by the same token if they're eating that instead of eating you know total junk well then Um, you know, it, it, it's 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 that place that fits down. I know, yeah. And a decent sized apple. So if you've just how many servings of fruit and just you know your your good sized, you know, not the stingy little bargain ones which are the size of a large plum, <laughs> but a decent apple. How many servings? Of, it's a little bit one serving. So it, it tends to be the size of your hand. So if you've got a bigger hand, you can have a bigger serving, right? Um, and it's a rough guide because. Obviously, context needs to be applied as to as to who you are. But I definitely know people that have start going. You know, they put mango and blueberry, and then a banana, and then fruit juice into a smoothie, which is then blended up, breaking the cell wall down, making mm. it much more rapidly absorbed. You know, that's five 
servings of veg fruit in the month. It's too much. It's too much. You're gonna you you need to, to balance it out. But the, you know the guidelines about the five to six handfuls of vegetables, which is a relatively recent thing that yeah. changed to five to six handfuls, is really really important. Does does do bananas? I know bananas are a fruit, but they always feel because I quite like a, I like a banana from time to time. You love a banana of idea, an afternoon. When I, when I, when I, but when I hear when I hear people say you know that um, that you should eat um, how many how many servings of fruit should you have a day? Roughly two. Roughly oh, okay, that's not too bad. But I, I always think of a sort of like a crispy apple, and sometimes I'm just not in the mood, whereas bananas, they're so easy to eat. Do they count as a good fruit to eat? Yeah, they definitely do. And, and you know, the, the most important thing is to eat a variety. Every single different type of fruit has its own advantages. The main thing is fruit, but with banana, if you think about it, the water, when you squish it, water doesn't come out. So it's a lower water fruit, higher, slightly higher in starch, but it's just different mm. fruits. You know, we fancy different things at different times, and I definitely don't think fruit needs to be categorized as good. You see, or bad. I would, I, yeah, I would never relax. Watermelon would not do it for would, for you, Roxy. But no. you yeah, have about watermelon's probably too much. He has about <laughs> ten handfuls of watermelon easy well, uh, during the height of summer, and at this point when watermelons uh, have become really cheap, I, I will have a watermelon in a day. Damn it! Um, but then the rest of the year, I'm, I'm not eating them because we don't have them, so it, it sort of balances Ooh. itself out. I have a yeah, question. Yeah, and, it, and oh, that's what it's about. Yeah, carry on. Yeah. No, no, no. You were answering. I would like you to answer fully to what Roxburgh just said. If you had anything else. <laughs> the thing is, you, it, we we aren't we as human beings. We are not designed to eat the same every single day. Our needs change. Our tastes change. You know, mm. people naturally. Um, we have appetite regulation things that happen where you naturally most people eat less in the summer than they do in the winter. That's actually a, a communication process of your eyes mm. that actually regulate your appetite but so we're different and and yet that's not great to be eating a watermelon every single day but you know there's other things that are going to be when you get to the end of your life there's a whole lot of things that are going to be the deciding factor of how long you live for and how long you won't so, i'm also not going to be um, going oh i wish i'd had less watermelon i mean yeah, exactly. in, unless <laughs> unless i died of of a watermelon related <laughs> illness in, in which case I, I, I um, may have some regrets. Actually, now I'm thinking of that avocado, um, and we should throw it out there for people to call to get your advice from you by, while we're here. Oh, uh, 9292. <laughs> we're talking counting calories. Also, the best low-calorie foods, the ones that you know are actually you know good for you, that's not too much energy, um, and you look forward to eating them. And, and I think there's also this debate here that Claire's talked about as to whether you should even be counting calories in the first place. Love to hear from you. I've got a a way to rephrase that question as well, which will will make Claire not grit her teeth so much about the counting, uh, calorie uh, counting. And that is, what is your your best guilt-free snack? So so it might be something that's not necessarily calorie specific, but it'll be something healthy. Um, How's that for a question? What do you think? Is that a good way to phrase it, Claire? Well, well, bigger picture is I, I don't I don't think that guilt should be associated with food at all. Um, but I feel that actually, you know, rather than counting calories, my suggestion to people would be um, like tuning into your real appetite cues, that your hunger and fullness, like actually tracking how you feel about food and whether you're, you know, the reasons why you're eating. Um, and actually, do you know what? Even the process of writing what you're eating down, that's actually what keeps people on track without necessarily the calories. Like sometimes that is a mind screw for some people. And if you've got an eating disorder, do not do it. Yeah. Um, but for some people, just the simple process of being accountable yeah. to what they're eating can help. And you don't necessarily need to know the calorie content of it. Just by writing it down, it makes you accountable. Okay. Asking for a friend, is eating avocado, <laughs> does that count as a serving of fruit or vegetables? 
Um, mm. It really probably counts as the fat more than anything because it's such oh, a okay. high proportion of fat. It's a smidge, um, <laughs> you know, in the other area. But really, it's it's irrelevant in the context of, yeah, I classify oh. it in the fat category. Okay. Great. You don't need to worry. You can still have your fruit and veg around that, right? Great. <laughs> uh, but but it's it's good for you, though, isn't it? I mean, is an avocado full of all sorts of wonderful things? Absolutely. And this is the challenge of where that, that you know, the, literally like in the 80s, the calorie counting was where fat was demonized, right? Because mm. fat is um, nine calories per gram, whereas carbohydrate and protein are four calories mm. per gram. So every gram of fat-containing food is more than double the calorie content of any carbohydrate or protein, right? And so they go, oh, that's bad. But that absolutely, is, it, you know, was such a simplistic way when we know our brain needs fat to function. We do not make omega-3 fatty acids. And for your brain to work, you have to eat those. Yeah. Um, you know, fat is essential for a lot of the hormonal production in our body. Our hormones are made from cholesterol. Like it was such a, an old school way of thinking about it. But it's about um, putting that fat in, you know, we, the portion size, making it appropriate for your needs. Really. You know what? I, I'm actually feeling a little bit guilty about even putting this question at the top of the show because it's it's almost like you've taught us nothing. <laughs> it's like, oh, my goodness, they're going on about calories. And you've just reminded me every, with every comment you've made. I'm like, that's right. I think. Claire has mentioned this to us before that maybe. Oh right, yeah. Well, I mean, so when, it's when you a do new a, year, we like to repeat this, our mistakes. When you do the show for four years and and once a week we've got a health hour, you know, it, it, it's not surprising that from time to time <laughs> there might be some old material there that makes a comeback. Uh, it's, it's, an, it's an important conversation though because I, it is still very much out there. But the people that are doing it, I can tell you, are not registered dietitians or registered nutritionists that yeah. work in this area. This is people that work in gyms. This is people that maybe have a little bit of nutrition knowledge, which sometimes is not very helpful. Um, and certainly for anybody with a dysfunctional eating, which is a lot of people that have a screwed up relationship with food, it is a really destructive way to think about food. So, you know, the main messages are yeah. calories have a place in, in you know, they're one part of, of a tool, but they're not to hyper-focus on. If you're eating whole food, mm. if you're eating your food within a restricted window in the day, so giving yourself a good 12 yeah. more hours overnight without eating, if you're having your five, six servings of vegetables, if you stop all that non-hungry eating, you don't need to count calories. Yeah. Um, so if somebody's, if somebody's looking to lose weight and they've worked out that they're exercising but their nutrition's not right, you would say it's just getting the types of foods, still forget the calories, just readjust how, how much are you having in the way of vegetables, fruit, and then the rest will just look after itself. I would say the first place to start is sleep. The biggest issue that I see with people when they are struggling to lose weight is they are not sleeping properly. And if you don't sleep properly, your ability to regulate your intake of food is rubbish and your appetite hormones are all over the place and your weight is independently impacted for so many reasons that could be impacted by your sleep so that's where i start with people then i get into the making sure that having a good 12 hours overnight and then we look at if, if your dinner and your lunch meal are half a plate of non-starchy vegetables mm. you're literally halfway there you are halfway there to getting to you know results and then um and then it's all very individualized in terms of is it a menopause thing is it a um you've had an injury thing you know like that's where you know, generic advice will never work because it really depends on what is the specific issue beyond that that's caused someone to be 
um, you know, carry more weight than they want to be. Okay. Well, the importance of sleep, yes, we hear that time and time again, but it's a good reminder if you've been struggling to get the weight off. Claire Turnbull, nutritionist from Mission Nutrition, also see more on her website, which is claireturnbull.co.nz. And we'll be back soon. We'd love to hear from you and you can get some advice from Claire. Uh, should you be even be counting calories in the first place? And if you want to, even though the expression guilt-free is not one that Claire would use, but if you've got a recommendation of food which is delicious, which is also healthy and is not full of needless energy, uh, then you can give us a bell and, and share that one too. Back in a moment, it's 427, the Health Hub on Newstalk ZB. Whether you have digital eye strain, are experiencing changes in your vision, have an eye infection or require ongoing care for a progressive eye condition, Specsavers qualified and experienced optometrists can help with all your eye health concerns. Every Specsavers store is fully kitted out with the latest tech. They're a real sight for sore eyes and unlike many other optometrists, Specsavers includes an advanced OCT 3D eye scan as part of every eye test at no extra charge. The 3D eye scanner is the same state-of-the-art tech that hospitals use. It allows optometrists to see, to see the granular structures of the eye, which can help to detect signs of potential eye conditions well before symptoms appear. Your local Specsavers optometrist has only one focus, improving yours. Join the 440,000 odd New Zealanders who see their local Specsavers optometrist to care for their eye health every year. Book an eye test with a free 3D eye scan today at specsavers.co.nz. And let's get back into the health hub. And Claire Turnbull is our special guest, nutritionist. By the way. Yes, by the way. Uh, I think Claire's doing a giveaway. Oh, get out of town. Okay, so before we go to the phones, um, <laughs> here's what you go in the draw to win if you partake in the talkback on 0800 Claire, what's today's prize pack? So we've got a prize pack over $250, which is a nutrition consultation with one of my registered dietitians and nutritionists at Mission Nutrition, um, a copy of my planner, which will get your healthy habits in order, um, and a couple of healthy recipe books to help you eat well too. So all that to win. Perfect. Okay, and Mark, you are in the draw for that just by virtue of ringing through and, and doing some talk back with us. Um, you've got a question with regards to rice and calories. What is it? Uh, hi guys, thank you. I um I had a question around the quality of rice, and I've heard that um, in some somehow the rice is related to um, activating the thyroid gland, which can help um, balance out the weight. Um, obviously, needing calories to um, you know augment the the bodybuilding and fat loss and so forth. I wondered if there's any truth to that. Okay, so I wouldn't say rice. One of the main things to keep your thyroid gland healthy is iodine. And what we know that um, compromised um, iodine intake, which, to be honest, mainly, mainly comes from seafood. Um, and if mm. you Google iodine intake, um, that's probably the biggest thing in New Zealand that's incredibly relevant because a lot of people are, don't get enough iodine in New Zealand. Um, that can have a knock-on effect on your thyroid gland um, and then you know potentially have a knock-on effect um, on your weight, depending on the bigger picture of that. But in terms of rice, um, that's not something that I would say is a primary consideration there. Um, but definitely look into iodine because it is something that um, is really relevant because of our um, the deficiencies that, are, that we have here in New Zealand. Okay, cool. Thank you. No Thanks worries. Call, Mark. Good, Good stuff. 0800 80 1080, text on 9292. Uh, how big a difference is it if you are focusing on brown rice versus white rice? 
You see, this is such a good question because back in the olden days, oh, brown rice is higher in calories per 100 grams than white rice, which then people would avoid it, which is just utter ridiculousness because, because brown rice is um, higher in fiber, much better for your gut microbes um, and reduces your risk of bowel cancer more than white rice. So um, have a slightly smaller portion and go for brown rice all the way. Actually, we've been doing the, are they called, how do you say them, poke bowls? Um, you, oh, yes. And um, I was, because my wife was like, I'm going to make some poke bowls with a bit of um, hot smoked salmon sort of thing. And I'm not big on salmon. I'm not big on brown rice. And you know what? Um, I'm, a, I'm a convert. Brown rice is actually surprisingly nutty and tasty. Oh, yeah, yeah. A good it's brown really, rice. I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's super good. But this is exact, that, that exact example proves why counting calories is no longer relevant because there's a bigger context um, of the conversation. So thank you for that. That was a good, good question. Yeah. Um, actually, what are your, I've, I've got another question just on the back of that. Um, actually, no, I better read a text. I better read a text. Enough about me. No, Enough about- <laughs> no but, but I'm loving that you're loving the brown rice, Bevo. I mean, you're, you're middle-aged. You've, you've had a lot of time on planet Earth not enjoying rice, and now you're loving it. Yeah, yeah I'm winning. Uh, okay. Um, somebody said the only way to lose weight is try not to eat between meals. I read that text because I know you're going to put that text out of its misery, aren't you, Claire? Well, the important thing is, um, the main thing is that we have this good overnight fast, right? And I go on about this a lot, good 12 plus hours overnight. The frequency that you need to eat in the day is completely individual. Some people work very well on three meals. Other people, you know, are better with four or five eating episodes. The main thing, you do not need to eat the second you get out of bed. There's no longer, you know, that's an, an old way of looking at things. Um, and the frequency is, is relevant. But yes, yeah, for some people, absolutely, just keeping it to three meals a day is... Um, works perfectly well so um this this notion that we need to be snacking all the time to boost metabolism is utter rubbish um the research has developed moved a long way since then that's very much a again probably something you'd hear from a non-registered health professional um telling you things like that all right well let's take some calls claire turnbull always great having her on the program nutritionist and ivan you're wondering how many roasts you should eat. Um, yeah, yeah. Is this a, a weekly thing or how often yeah, are you having yeah. a roast? During the week, yeah. How many week, How many for a week? Yeah. Well, it totally depends on what you have. I mean, you can have it every day provided that, the, you know, if you're varying up your meat and maybe having some meat, fish and, um, and mixing the protein up um, and you're having half a plate of vegetables, of non-starchy vegetables, so it's half a plate of things that doesn't include potato and kumara, um, and then you're having a little bit of starchy food with that, you can have it every day if you want. You know, it, it, that, that kind of standard half plate of veg, a little bit of carbs and some protein, it's actually an incredibly nourishing way to eat. And some, you know, going back to basics sometimes is helpful. So depending on how much, how fried or uh, mm. <laughs> how much oil is used in the cooking of it um, and how lean your meat is, you know, it, it is good to definitely get some fish in there as well because I know okay. a lot of people don't uh, necessarily have fish. Ivan, Ivan, tell us what goes into your roasts. Talk us well, through it. What we used to do on the farm was have a roast and then, and then the next day you'd have cold meat and the next day you'd have a... Uh, a, uh, a pie, you know, of overs, and then you back on to roast again. Yummy! You, you seem to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a very, it's a very good way to eat, isn't it? Do you, do you have fish in, in the middle? Yeah, I get a bit of fish here and there at tea time and that. Oh yeah. 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 And so, so I if mean, you're if you're chucking flour onto your roast, uh, is that that you know anything bad about that at all? Clear. Talk us through that one. Sacrilege. Mm. 
<laughs> I mean, if it's a tiny bit to crisp, but if it's not the end of the world, the, the, main, the main thing with a roast, and I've seen lots of different pictures of what people define as a roast, is that there is this half plate of non-starchy vegetables. So I do see people that just have meat, you know, potato and kumra with possibly five peas, you know, and, and that's just, it's redistributing the balance to get that half plate of non-starchy vegetables. And, it, you know, good old plain you know, more standard basic cooking without everything being super, super fancy is sometimes a better way. Uh, the, you know, the main thing is just with any gravy, just being mindful of obviously the salt intake with that and just keeping your portions uh, well, if you've got any issues with sodium. Of the root vegetables, how, how do they sort of relate to each other in terms of starch? Like you've got parsnips and swedes and turnips and beetroot. Yeah. And... So, so it's a great question. Anyone that wants details on that, if you go to my website, clairetumble.co.nz, I've done a, I've done a, uh, did an article on it. It's hard because, like, where does where does one end and one begin, right? You know, so, like, you've got definitely your potato and your kumara sit right at the top. Then pumpkin comes further down there. And then you've got your kind of uh, your parsnips and your carrots sit, sitting up there. And even corn and peas are kind of in that middle kind of realm. And then you've got your much higher water vegetables. So it's really, you know, it's mainly the potato and kumara that are the ones that we consider to be extremely starchy. Um, and then, obviously, if you have large quantities of pumpkin, it starts being categorized as as starchy and a cob of corn if i have a cob of corn with my dinner i do not have potatoes or kumara because on a cob of corn that's kind of the same as eating a small potato so 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 should um, people make sure that they don't have too much corn and and too many peas it's just being aware that they do contribute towards your carb intake and if you're trying to manage your your weight or you're not particularly Mm. active you know then you just dial down the amount of the other ones that you have but they also have protein in them as well so they are like a a cob of corn's got about six grams of protein which is as much Mm. as an egg so um you know there's there's good things in them as well but definitely you know carbs depends on your goals so that sounds a little like calorie counting because of the carb thing it's carb counting though isn't it uh, yes, I mean, I do that stuff in my head to help people add context to it. Yeah. Um, it's just, I mean, this is where mainly it's the things I want people to count <laughs> is their five to six handfuls of vegetables a day. Like, right. start counting that, please. Okay. okay. <laughs> We've got to yeah. get to a break and we'll uh, go straight back to the phones when we return with Claire Turnbull from Mission Nutrition. Uh, always fun having Claire on the program. And don't forget, there is a $250 prize pack if you ring through, including a consultation with one of Claire's team members to help you get on track with your food and with things like, say, you're sleeping too. So if you ring through and you join us on the talkback, then you're in that drawer and Duncan, our producer, will pull a name from the callers who have been on at the end of the hour. 0800-801080 is the number to ring text on 9292. Back soon, 20 to 5. News Talk ZB Weekend Collective, Tim Rocks for Tim Beveridge here. Through until 6 o'clock and through until 5 o'clock, it's the Health Hub. Claire Turnbull, nutritionist, is joining us. She's got a prize pack worth 250 bucks if you want to ring through. And Michael, you're in that draw for that prize pack. And your question is to do with eggs. How many eggs are you eating? Yeah. Well, that, that is exactly my question. Usually for um, breakfast most mornings, I have uh, two poached eggs on a couple of pieces of bergen. But then what I can find myself out during the day, by the end of the day, if we've had a salad and steak or something at night, there's another couple of eggs that have gone into the salad. There obviously must be an optimum level of um, of eggs you should have per day, and I'm just wanting to get an, an indication of what that would be. 
that's a really great question. So um, the, the evidence used to, we, we used to, people used to limit their egg intake. Um, but now the most recent evidence says if you don't have a high cholesterol, you don't have a heart condition, you don't have diabetes, then there is no defined upper limit of the number of eggs. The real thing is, as with everything else here, is what are you not having by just having so many eggs? Do you see what I mean? So it's more about the fact that if you are having, you know, eggs, uh, breakfast and dinner, are you having two to three serves of oily fish, you know, a week? Um, Are you getting protein from other sources? So, you know, you could argue that Main main thing really is maybe to to swap some of your eggs to make sure that you're getting enough of those varied proteins. Well, that, that might be a breakthrough for people mentally, which is, uh, as you say, that it's not that the eggs are a problem. It's just that you're missing out on a, a range of other things if you're focusing on, on eggs or, or anything else, eating it too much like me with it my, is, my daily watermelon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a real shift, isn't it? Because it actually becomes a positive, empowering thing rather than, you know, you're a bad person for eating that extra thing. You know, at the end of the day, if you're a super active person, your blood work is good, i.e. your cholesterol and all the rest of your blood sugar is fine. You know, you'll see no bod- body problems with having, you know, 20 eggs a week or whatever. But it's more about the fact, are you meeting your omega-3 requirements for your brain and, you know, your brain health? Um, you know, so okay. although co- eggs are really good for your brain, they've got choline in them. So Very good. Oh, I, ha- I hope that helps, Michael. Uh, context, Lor- context, yeah. Lorraine, you're on with Claire Turnbull. You want to put weight on. Yes, I do. And it's all about taking weight off. Please ask Claire, what can you take that's magic to put it on? <laughs> if only there was a, a magic thing. It really, it really depends, obviously, because some some things like medications and things can make it more difficult to to gain weight. But really, because fat is the best, the highest in calories per gram, it is the most concentrated source of energy. Um, makes fats the best thing so really um you know lots of avocados if you can eat an avocado a day that would be fantastic um nuts seeds if you can put peanut butter on everything in everything um mix into your porridge as i as i have given the tip to tim before um thickly spread it in everything and then you know try and drink milk um with or between your meals rather than water to increase the the calorie content there and and um unless you've got health issues otherwise then you should be probably going for blue milk rather than um any of the other varieties the full also, um, the full grunt milk zinger yeah. burgers are quite good at putting the weight on <laughs> this is the thing, eh, is that unfortunately in the world of weight gain, because the perception is that, you know, rubbish food makes you gain weight, um, we want this to be healthy weight. Um, so it really, you know, as much of those healthy fats that you can that you can supplement um, in every single one of your meals and snacks. So you definitely avocados, the higher fat dairy products, um, nuts and seeds would definitely be the recommendation there. We've got another Tim joining us. And uh, Tim, your question for Claire is about weight gain from coffee and tea. Yeah, exactly. So I'm drinking eight waters, uh, eight glasses of water per day, and with yep. my three or four cups of tea a day, does that add to my hydration, or is it a negative gain? Um, overall, it adds to it. To be fair, I mean, there's a slight, there's kind of debate in the in the area of um, the impact of caffeine on, um, you know, whether it's it has a dehydrating effect but overall there is you know a net gain there the main thing is that we're looking to have 
pee that is pale, okay? So you want to be going to the toilet during the daytime and have your urine being quite pale. That is very different for different people. So for some people, that'll be two litres of fluid all up a day. For other people, it'll be three and a half litres, particularly people that are outside and super active. So a better... Um, thing to track is the amount that will vary during the seasons also um, that gets your pee pale during the day but yeah tea, tea and coffee do count um, you just need to be mindful of the, the caffeine intake timing as well um, because earlier on the day is better to reduce the impact on your sleep all right good stuff Claire let's take another call Marie hello hey um Claire I'm wondering if you can help me menopause weight I mean I'm not eating anything differently than I normally would but um, weight just seems to be going on especially around the middle is there a special diet that perhaps one should be taking at that time of life you are such a great question. I did an hour's Facebook Live on that that you'll find on my social media. So um, everything right. to learn about menopause, you can you can watch that. Essentially, the main thing to remember is that if you eat the same at 60 as when you're 50 or 70 as when you're 60, you are likely to be heavier because as you get older, your muscle mass declines and your metabolic rate slows down. So the key thing that you can do is try and build up your muscle mass by doing resistance training, um, moderate your portions. We do know that um, that's where moderating the carbohydrate can help, increasing those non-starchy vegetables, um, but also looking at the other things in terms of sleep and overall hormones. So I would recommend definitely watching that Facebook Live that we did because we covered it in quite a lot of detail. Um, and it's, they've got some tips in it. So you can find that either on my website or on um, either of my social medias. Perfect. Oh, that's perfect. I'll definitely do that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. Cheers. Good on you, Marie. We'll take a break. When we come back, will we be able to sneak in another call, Bevo? What do you think? Um, Yep. Fantastic. (laughs) Big call. (laughs) (laughs) And someone will win that $250 prize back from Claire Turnbull, which includes a consultation with one of the team from Mission Nutrition. Nine minutes to five. The Health Hub on the Weekend Collective. News Talk ZB. News Talk ZB, Weekend Collective, it's the Health Hub. Claire Turnbull has been our special guest. And Mark, we're going to sneak you in as the lucky last caller. We don't have long. What did you want to talk to Claire about? Oh, very quickly, yes. So I had a kidney stone a couple of months back. Um, I just found that the information that they give you is, um, can be quite contradictory on what you find on the internet because they, they list things you can and you can't eat. But I found that quite hard when you go on site and try and find... Um, things I didn't list, and some say uh, eat this, some say don't eat that. So is there like a, a website that has the best whole um, truth? Okay, let, let's put that to clear. Yeah, that's a really, it's a really great question because a lot of this stuff gets very opinion-based. Um, healthyfood.co.nz, it's actually .com now, healthyfood.com is, is one of the best in terms of evidence-based advice that you can get. Um, and if you are ever struggling, if you go to missionnutrition.co.nz, which is my team, we can always link people in the right direction. So if somebody is lost um, and needs advice, we, we can put you in the right direction of where to look. So um, head there as well. There we go. Look, you've snuck yourself into the drawer. And we did take another call, as promised. That's right. right. You picked it, didn't you, Bevo? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the big calls. Yeah, the hot takes. Hot take Bevo, they used to call him back in high school. Um, now, I, I understand that we have a drum roll ahead of the announcement of the draw winner. Duncan, take it away. Look oh, at that. like a high timpani. Nice. Yeah, yeah. this is a fancy show. Uh, and the winner of the $250 prize pack, why don't you tell us, just to keep the suspension going a tiny bit longer, even though we've only got 45 seconds, uh, what is in that prize pack, Claire Turnbull? 
Um, so it's a nutrition consultation with a registered dietitian or nutritionist from Mission Nutrition. Um, a copy of my It's a Beautiful Day planner um, and some healthy food guide recipe books to help you cook well. And the winner is... is... <laughs> Double drum roll. The winner is Michael. Oh. Okay, I think Duncan, our producers, discovered the uh, sound effects bar. Claire, great to chat. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Claire. Bye bye. News is coming up next Smart Money, and uh, we've got financial advisor Malcolm Knight joining us talking the insurances not to have. We're back soon.